Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cavi Productions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with the lovely Tony Carr, and we are going to talk to our about, Jesus, um, we're going to talk about our journeys toward accepting ourselves as sexual human beings and some of the challenges that have come along the way and what we have done to combat those. So how are you today, Tony? I am good. Uh, thank you for so much for having me on. Um, this is really exciting. I am actually very excited to have you on. I know that you expressed interest in the body neutrality episode, um, but more, <laughs> more. I don't know if importantly is really the right word, but what definitely encouraged me to reach out to you was, so we've been Facebook friends for a while. We actually, this is the first time we've really connected one-on-one in a big way, but, um, mm-hmm. but I've been watching your transformation and admiring your transformation um, and your journey out of shame. <laughs> And I really have enjoyed that. We're mm-hmm. in a mutual sex-themed group, I guess you would call it. <laughs> yeah. And not mm-hmm. too long ago, Tony got bold. Um, <laughs> and, and I fucking loved it. So, uh, so do you want to talk a little bit? I know that you came from purity culture. So a lot of my listeners, well, a lot of my listeners might be Christian. A lot of them are not. So could you just explain a little bit what that is? Okay. Um, my journey of purity culture was growing up in a Southern Baptist church um, and being an active part of a youth group throughout middle school and high school. And even after that, I volunteered with this youth group. And we were told things like, you know, leave room for Jesus, leave room for the Holy Spirit. Um, one time I actually got in trouble for scratching my boyfriend's head while we were at a Bible study because um, he said it was way too intimate. I know, right? And I'm like, if you knew what we were doing whenever you know, we were locking up the room, like, woman, you know, like making out and stuff like that in corners. But yeah, she was like, you can't do that. It's too intimate. And I was like, well, now I just want to touch him more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, if that's dangerous, what what have you been hiding from me? You know, and, you know, like, like most girls, I fooled around a little bit and uh, high school, you know, here and there. I didn't lose my virginity until I was out of high school. Um, but it carried a lot of shame with it, you know, um, learning about STDs, being told I don't want to get pregnant, that no man will ever love me because I'm dirty. If I, you know, if I have sex with somebody, um, I'll be carrying that with me for the rest of my life. And every single other person I have sex with, they'll be having sex with them too. And imagine you're in the mall sometime with your, you know, the love of your life and all of your exes are there, you know, and what would they say to them? Would you be ashamed of yourself? And I'm like, oh God, Fuck. you know, what, how am I going to feel about that? So um, <laughs> like I, I mean, said, I one, lost my virginity that, at 18. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I totally oh, talked over you there. Say, I lost my virginity yeah, I, I lost my virginity at 18 and it really, really stuck with me. And whenever I ended up getting married, I got married very, very quickly. Um, we did not have sex before we were married. And I thought that that made the, it better. The problems we were having in our marriage were punishment for having sex before him. So, you know, as you can see, and then whenever I divorced him, it took me four years to be able to talk to another man because I was like, oh, God you know, I, I can't have sex. Not only will I feel, did I feel ugly because my husband didn't like me, but I also thought, well, I can't have sex 
outside of marriage, even though I'm in my thirties, you know, how do I feel about this? And then I kind of broke free from that anyways. Oh man. So I was just going to say, I mean, the big one that sticks with me. So I was, I left the church around 14 years old. I mean, I think there was a little bit of linger crossover between my party days and my church days, but it was around that time. And the one that stuck (laughs) with me the most was when they would say that when you have sex with someone, you're giving them a piece of your soul. And, uh, yes. <laughs> and I remember and where is that in the Bible? I have no idea. But. Oh, I know. And well, and I, I mean, I remember pretty recently, um, do you guys, I don't know if you guys do this there, but when we mix all the sodas, uh, in a fountain dispenser, we call it swamp water. And I was like, I remember saying to myself, <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I want to have a swamp water soul. Um, and <laughs> No, we call it a suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, thank you for that explanation. I think that that's a pretty good explanation. A little bit, uh, a little bit more detail for, again, for anyone who might not know kind of the culture is like purity rings came from that, the leave room for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And there's just, as Tony said, it's just really, really shame heavy around the idea of being a sexual human being. And I actually didn't realize mm-hmm. that you were previously married. Um, and honestly, it sounded mm-hmm. horrible. Um, oh, it was horrible. It was very, it, that we didn't have sex a lot. And he was a virgin whenever I married him. And mm-hmm. it almost turned into that. I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about how sex is bad, 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 bad. And then you get married and all of a sudden it's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't just turn your turn your brain the other way and go, yeah, now we can. Now we can. Can I swear on this? Absolutely. Okay, now we can fuck. Ooh, yeah, touch my <laughs> pussy, all that good stuff. And like my my ex husband didn't want to do all that. Like, yeah, you know, he he just thought it was dirty. Story. Like me wanting to do a doggy style was dirty. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I'm I, like, what the hell, dude? Like, th- we're supposed to be able to do whatever we want now. And he's like, I don't know. And he just wasn't into it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's an, another part of the narrative that about about like around purity culture that I've always found particularly interesting is like, I remember I went to a wedding shower when I was really young and they were, I don't know, some sexual thing came up. I don't know if it was a joke or a gift or whatever. And I remember them looking at me and going like, you, you're not going to understand that till you're married. And as I got older, and so in case I was curious, I was 14 when I lost my virginity. Lots of shame there. And it continued to spiral. <laughs> As you, I mean, as anyone who's, who knows much about me knows. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> But the the interesting part of that narrative is that is that it's a switch. Is that you're supposed to be chaste and virginal right up until you're married, and then you have to be a fucking slut because in conjunction with mm-hmm. this narrative, and I mean, thank well, I don't know. Thankfully, interestingly, you didn't deal with this particular part of it. <laughs> but in conjunction with this narrative, um, there's also a narrative that goes on that. If your man cheats on you, then you're not doing a good job fulfilling your duties as a wife and that you are supposed to be like all over it immediately after getting married and all of this stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like refusing to let your child play baseball at all and then putting them in the MLB and expecting them, <laughs> right. you know, like it's, it's a fucking wild situation where it's just like, it, it's expected to be mm-hmm. a light switch. And, and it's so, so I'm, I'm very interested in what happened next for you. So I know you dated, you dated a bit here and there, lots of struggles with shame and stuff. So what was the moment that, that you started to see a shift and realize that it was all bullshit? 
Um, well, my, my shame, my sexual shame was also mixed with, you know, my body shame. Um, my husband didn't want to have sex with me because he thought I was unattractive. Um, so I started to tie that into my sexuality as well. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if, if he wouldn't have sex with me, why would anybody else? I wouldn't want to have sex with me. So I refuse to be a sexual being. I'm, I'm sexually frustrated all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but totally I'm not going to have you. sex. Um, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, it all just tied together in this horrible little, you know, gargoyle I had on my shoulder mm-hmm. of not only should I not be having sex, I should not have a high libido because I'm a woman. Um, and because and I'm a woman that's in, no one's in your mind not attractive. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm an unattractive woman who can't get enough sex and I'm not having sex anyway. So it just makes me a monster and I'm deluding myself. So uh, after, you know, a few years of, you know, after my divorce, mm-hmm. um, I started in therapy because I wanted to get over this. Good call. Um, Good call. And yeah (laughs) um and it it took about it took um a good year and a half for me to be able to um even come to the idea of thinking about what will happen if i do talk to someone Mm -hmm. um and my therapist is a great person but he's like what's the worst that could happen if you dip your toe in and try to talk to a man i was like i'll be rejected and it'll be the end of my life and he's like what's the worst that'll happen to you and i'm like I'll be rejected. It's going to hurt. And he's like, we'll try it out. And I tried it and I kind of stuffed it down, but it didn't kill me. And he's like, just dip your toe in it a little bit. And the last time I saw my therapist was right before COVID hit. And the last thing he said to me was, go out, talk to men, try to connect. Don't fall in love with the first one you meet and (laughs) just see what happens. And I was like, Okay. And then like a month in, I'm bored. I'm at home all the time. I'm alone. If I don't have my son, I'm just sitting here wasting away because I can't go to the movies like I normally do. I can't, you know, go to bar trivia. I can't do anything but sit at home and be horny. Right. (laughs) And I'm just, I'm just sick of taking care of myself. I'm sick of it. Right. I want someone to just touch me. And I get on, um, (laughs) I get on Tinder and meet, meet some people immediately. And I just go crazy one night. It's like three o'clock in the morning. And this guy is like, Hey, I'll come over. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, I should send you pictures first because you know, I'm, I'm overweight and I don't want you to, you know, get here and reject me. And I sent him a picture and he's like, Oh, I'll, I'll show you how you should have been taken care of. And he comes over and he does it. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) what? And I'm like, you're, you're, you're okay with me. And then like, you know, a week later, another guy does it and I actually have sex with him. And I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, I want to do this again with you. I'm like, what? Excuse me? Like, you know, and we had like mood lighting and everything so he could see me. And I was like, are you serious? Like, you'll have sex with me again? And he's like, yeah, why wouldn't I? And I was like, oh, because Noah, I am on the phone. I just need... Pants. Well, no, where are the pants that you were wearing? Put them on. I'm so sorry. It's okay, really. You can edit this out, right? <laughs> uh, no, it probably won't get edited out, but it's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> this is what life is like. Yes. Exactly, exactly. And whenever he's not here, it goes down. So, come on, honey, hurry up. Take it with you. Come on. Take the pants and the bubble wrap with you. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, it's all good. So you were so so 
so this other guy comes over. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I'll do that with you. And little by little, I started meeting more people. And yes, I went through kind of, I call it my slut phase. It's okay. That um, was like, that was like a decade <laughs> for me. Like, so don't worry. Oh yeah. Mine lasted a few months and I dated somebody in between it. So it's like, I sent a lot of people in and um, I hope nobody hears this because there's still a little bit of shame attached to it. Like only like four of my friends know I'm going through this. Um, oh, okay. Well, but it was very, a lot more soon. I don't want to use the word liberating. Liberating is the wrong word. Empowering. It was more like, it was more like I put down a weight. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I put down a weight. It's like I took all the edge of feeling ugly and feeling and feeling like a freak because I have a high libido and just letting it down. You know, it was like taking a big jacket off and going, wow, you know, I'm, 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 I'm attractive enough for some people and real men don't care what you look like as long as you're fun to hang out with. Yep. You know, and I'm like, huh, okay. So I start getting a little bit more bold. Like, yeah, I'm sick. You know, um, I have a high libido. You better be prepared for that. And I, you know, and I love dad bods. So come at me. You know? <laughs> and I, the more I did oh, it, the sorry. less shame I felt, you know, like, and my mom is like, well, you're not feeling shame because you're pushing it down. And I'm like, no, I'm not feeling shame because there's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It, it had just cut out, but I feel like I got the gist of what you were saying. So I just wanted to let you know it had cut out for a second. Go ahead. Okay. She she said that I wasn't feeling shame because, you know, I was pushing it down. I'm like, I'm not feeling shame because I have nothing to feel ashamed about you know, powerful woman and I have a high sex drive and yes, I am looking for a husband, but you know, I, I, I have needs Yep. and you know, I, I'm on, you know, I'm doing therapy and I'm suffering from depression and anxiety. And all of a sudden I start feeling better. Once I start having sex. Oh, who knew for 14 years, I was sexually frustrated. Yep. You know, that's really what was wrong with me is that I wasn't getting that outlet. That's my love language. That's the way I feel good about myself. And I was being denied that by being told that I was unattractive, that I was too fat, and that having sex with, you know, with men that I wasn't married to would somehow ruin me, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and it's okay. just been so different. I just, I just feel so much better. Now, you know, do I want to stay like this forever? No, I want to get married, you know, <laughs> but I definitely have nothing to feel ashamed about. And I'm actually dating someone now and I'm completely, I don't want to know his either. Oh, sorry. But sorry. I'm just like, I, yeah, it, yeah uh, yes, I have slept with other men, you know. It cut out. Were you, cut out again? you don't want to know each other's numbers? Is that what you were saying? Yes. Okay. Not because it's something to be ashamed of, but because I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, so, so do you mind I'm just if like, I... like, okay. yeah, I, I'm like, I love the things that you do to me, but I don't want to learn how you got it there. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Um, so we're having a bit, just for the audience and for you, we're having a bit of leg. So I'm really not being super rude. It's, it's that I'm not realizing she's talking. <laughs> um, um, <clears throat> it's okay. I get carried away. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I love it, honestly. Um, so I'm going to just, uh, if it's okay with you, I would love to just share a little bit of 
my experience was very, very different um, than that, but also very similar in a lot of ways. Um, see, for mm-hmm. me, for me, I uh, like I said, I had a, a like a decade ish long, um, you know, slut phase, which I, I love using the word slut. I love like kind of reclaiming it and using it like it's not a bad word. Um, but it was a long time for me where I was, I was doing that, but no, it just means that you're greedy for sex. That's all it means. (laughs) Um, but for me, it was super, super impersonal. And I was, I was going through the same thing you were for those 14 years, only instead of not doing it, I was doing it, but coldly. Um, very impersonal, very like, like an, and, uh, I've just started seeing someone and (laughs) he's been helping me to address some of my intimacy issues that I didn't realize were there. Like the fact that like when I would have sex, I wouldn't even want to look at a person, um, which is super, super hard for me to admit and embarrassing. So that's why I'm saying it in public. Um, so you know, I think that <laughs> it's it's the same root, but two people, because it was very rooted in shame. It was very rooted in thinking that that was my only value and that me as a person wasn't attractive enough. So I had to use my body to attract people into my life because they wouldn't otherwise want to spend time with me, stuff like that. And so I... I reacted in the opposite way to the same effect. And uh, I just think that that's really, really mm. quite interesting. Um, and, and I think it's worth mentioning because I don't think that either one is wrong. I think that our reactions mm-hmm. to trauma and conditioning are okay. And I think that it's really, really important to recognize that that it's okay to have reacted that way and it's also okay to realize that it's wrong and that there is nothing wrong with being a beautiful sexual human being regardless of your gender regardless of how thick those thighs are regardless of any of that stuff (laughs) um and i too am a thick thigh kind of gal like even when i was thin i've always had like a thick thighs thick booty you know like i get that hole in my (laughs) from my legs rubbing together um, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, and uh, and so yeah, like I just think that it's really important. And I know um, I don't know if I don't know how much you've listened, and you don't have to answer if you're. But um, I did an episode before about sex and and the power of the female orgasm and a lot of that stuff. And I really am enjoying the conversation around the topic because it's been so challenging and there's so many little things that come up under that umbrella that we can't talk about because we're not supposed to talk about the topic as a whole, you know, um, like absolutely agree shaming, um, in other ways. And the, the thing is that this is aside from eating and shitting the most human and natural thing that exists about us. You know, like, why would God give us a clit if he didn't mm-hmm. want us to come? There's no other purpose for it. Really? Yeah. 100%. Like, yeah, like, it's just fucking wild. So I want to know a little bit about, so your therapist talked to you. I am sure that it required tools for you to move forward. So, for example, when I say tools, like, 
um, there's a there's a saying that I remind myself of, and it's I don't even know if it's a psychological tool, but it's a tool that I use, is that I don't have to think I'm hot to believe that other people do. Um, so what kind of tools like that helps you to get through the body shame and the shame around sex in general um, so that you can become the free, wild firecracker of a woman we, uh, we see today? I wish I would have heard that that phrase, actually. <laughs> I didn't even hear that. Um, <laughs> mine was more appealing to my sense of my... Um, on the Enneagram, I'm a 5W6, so I'm very paranoid. Okay. So mine was more, what's the worst that could happen to you? Mm-hmm. You know, if someone does think that you're sexy and wants to have sex with you, then awesome. Stop doubting it because you're not going to help yourself. Just mm-hmm. let it happen. And if they don't think that you're sexy and don't want to have sex with you, it's not the end of the world. Other people will. Well, and... and um- Oh, I kind of had to let myself, well, I kind of had to let myself jump off the cliff to put my toe in the water. Mine was all about, you know, taking the chance and believing that the world's not going to end. That's, that's fantastic. So those are the tools he gave me. And something that I would even add on to the what's the worst case scenario thing is one thing that really helps me deal with rejection as, as a whole is constantly remembering that I'm not attracted to everyone. So how the fuck am I going to mm-hmm. expect every person to be attracted to me? Um, if that makes sense. That's another thing I never heard, Kara. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I have a lot of these little, <laughs> little things. Um, I'm a really fucked up person, but I, so I use like a billion little thoughts and tools <laughs> to, to make myself a little less fucked up. I mean, I'm still fucked up, but... but <laughs> <laughs> fucked up in a more manageable way. Um, so, so um, how long have you been seeing your current lover? Uh, we've been together uh, almost three weeks. Now. Almost three weeks. Okay. Okay. And and mm-hmm. I know that. Like, and I've only been sexually active since April. <laughs> and and the transformation, the time in which you've had that transformation, is fucking fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I'm just really excited. And I mean, whether, whether this is your forever partner or, or not, I think that it's really, really exciting. Like if something, if something happens that this doesn't go forward, which I'm not expecting or saying, I mean, I love that you Mm -hmm. can know that that doesn't reflect on you and that it's likely just a lesson that you need to learn so that when you meet your husband, you've already learned it. Exactly. So that's really, really exciting. I know that we are a bit short on time today. We've been trying to schedule this and had a little bit of, a little bit of some, you know, hiccups. So before we go, two questions. Um, Number one, do you have anything that you want to add or do you have anything you want to plug, whether it's your own work or someone else's, anything like that? (laughs) Well, the only thing I want to add is something that I had to learn about myself is that if, if you're a woman like us, um, specifically if you have a high libido, mm-hmm. um, if, if you are sexually frustrated, no matter who you meet or who you talk to, you're not a freak. Mm-hmm. You are okay. And yes, you might have some shame surrounding your sexuality, but it's yours. It's no one else's. 
And no one can take that away from you and you shouldn't let anybody else dictate that. That's beautiful. And I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad that you said that. Mm-hmm. And I would add on too, is that remember that you are worth taking care of when it comes to sexuality. Oh, yes. I'm extremely, yes. extremely lucky that number one, I have finally figured out how to orgasm. I mean, in the last decade or so. <laughs> um, and number two, I'm very, very lucky that I never got sick because of my behavior. So mm-hmm. be very mindful that it doesn't, if a guy doesn't respect your health, then he's not fucking worth mm-hmm. you. Right. Um, right. And I just say that because if you go, if you go in my direction, it, it's, it can be dangerous if you're not, if you're not careful. And thankfully, mm-hmm. absolutely, thankfully I didn't, you know, I didn't catch anything, but that was sheer fucking luck. <laughs> um, That's right. That's so right. the second question I wanted <laughs> to ask you is, are you open to playing a game? Yes, absolutely. All right. So the game that we're going to play, um, I'm, I'm going to read some slang from, I've been doing Canadian slang a lot lately. So this is a type of Canadian slang, <laughs> but it's particularly Newfoundland and Labrador slang. So do you even know okay. what Newfoundland so is? For the record, I do watch. I do. I do. Nice. And uh, for the record, I do watch Letterkenny. So I might know something. I don't All know. All right. Well, but Letterkenny they're from I think is on a completely different part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's like Florida in the South. It's totally different. <laughs> and, and, and a little disclaimer, should any newfies listen to this and get extremely upset because I either pronounce things wrong, accidentally do a shitty newfie accent, or just fuck it up, I blame the list and also, because I'm just reading off a list, and also the fact that I, I'm not good at these things, okay? Don't expect too much from me. That's, I'm only doing well because people expect very little. Um, so let's, uh, let's start with number one. And hopefully my ex will never hear this. The, the one guy that I did date before this guy, um, uh, while I was in my slut phase, he's, a, he's, uh, his family's from Newfoundland. So hopefully he doesn't hear this and hear oh. my ignorance. <laughs> it's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Newfies are a very cool, very, it's one of the cool, it's probably one of the coolest cultures Canada has to offer. Um, it's a lot of people from Ireland landed on the rock. And it's actually a very special place because everyone is very, very, well, not everyone, but the culture is very, very kind mm-hmm. and loving and warm. And they also, or they actually, um, when 9-11 happened, which is pertinent because we're recording this on the 10th, um, that is mm-hmm. where they diverted the planes to, was Newfoundland. So. Oh, okay. Um, so the first one is, what are you at? What are you at? Mm-hmm. It, does that mean like, how's it going? It does. It does. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> nice. All right. Yes, bye. <laughs> nice. The next one's yes, yes bye. bye. Okay. Yeah. Yes, bye. Huh. Um, if that's not okay, bye, I don't know what it is. It's, uh, it's for sure. So bye is almost like a term oh. in Newfoundland. It's similar to like boy i think mm. um, oh like b-y-e by uh like b-i or b-y just b-y oh okay okay I, so, b-y okay okay yeah never heard of that one <laughs> um how about 
come from away. Mm, come here? It's someone who isn't from Newfoundland. So you and I would be, would oh. come from away. Okay. Um, what, baby? Look, my grandma's trying to tell me all the stuff that I, that I was being back. Okay, well, I told you I'm on the phone. I'll come talk to you after, okay? Give me just a few minutes. Give me a minute. Thank you. Okay, we'll Thank just, you, baby. We'll just do two more. Okay. Um, so, okay. Uh, I have time. It's okay. <laughs> owe me nerves. Oh, my God. More or less. Um, on the flip side. More or less. So if someone, <laughs> if someone, no, it means basically what you said. Um, it's, it's not really great. It's used when someone's really bothering you and getting on your nerves. But it's like an exasperation, oh. like, oh, me nerves. I, I don't know. I'm, see, I told you I would do a shitty movie <laughs> accent. <laughs> oh, me nerves. <laughs> okay, okay. And then uh, we'll do two more then, okay? We'll, I'll throw one, one extra in. So um, what odds? Okay. What? Uh, that sounds like, oh, gee whiz, what are the odds? Oh, my, you know. Uh, you know, and that's what my Maybe. instinct was, too. Um, because I don't know these words either. Um, <laughs> who cares is what it means. <laughs> who cares? Oh, okay. What odds? The of final course. one I will do. Ooh, okay, okay. I'll do one more Newfie one and then a general Canadian one. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, loves it. <laughs> loves it. Um, it's really obvious. That's really cool. Fucking love. Yeah, I love when Newfies say it. Or they'll be like, loves, yeah. They always throw the S in there and it just makes <laughs> them happy. Um, and then the final That's one cute. I'll do is just a general <laughs> Canadian one because it's kind of been a theme. I've asked a lot of people this one. So what does the phrase Bob's your uncle mean? Um, I kind of like putting a period on it. Uh, that's actually like, a really good like way to whenever, like, it. It's, uh, it's like, there you go. Yeah, like, um, yeah, there you go. Like, okay, whenever you make a quesadilla, you put the cheese and the chicken in there and you flip it over and Bob's your uncle. Yes. Like, that's yes. it. That's how you do it. Perfect usage, Tony. Yeah. Yes. That's so happy. First <laughs> yes, American to know what that means. <laughs> Fucking love it. That's because I watch a lot of international stuff. And I've <laughs> always wanted to say Bob's your uncle and have someone get it. Like, it's just one of those phrases that I think is so fun. I, yeah, I say it a lot and I love it. Um, so just stay on for a quick second. We'll do a quick debrief. I should have warned you before, but I forgot to. And people, I think, are now used to this. So, um, yeah, so we've closed up. We've done the game. So I'm just going to say goodbye to my audience. So thank you so much, Tony, for coming on and joining us. It's been a lot of fun. And to my audience, mm -hmm. I love you. Bye. Thank you.